this is Father's Day, and uh, it might be a little selfish, but I decided I want to give myself a gift. <laughs> so I'm giving myself a gift. But the good news is I'm going to share my gift with every father that's li listening. And not only that, I'm going to share my gift with everybody who is listening today. I have today asked my special gift, my son, uh, Pastor Jason Haynes, to come. He's going to preach for us today. He's going to preach for all of us today, but this is my gift. So I want all of us just to be blessed today. Let's thank God for this day. And you got your daddy around. Just hug him real good right now. Lord, I want to live for thee every day and every hour. Let your spirit be with us now in its saving power.
not only who have the privilege of being in the house of worship, but to all of you who are there online, I'm so glad Pastor Haynes got up. You don't have to change your URL or call your internet provider. But Matthew chapter 13, this morning the gospel is recorded by Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 53. From the English Standard Version, the Word of God reads thusly, And when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there. Coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Pleasure of today's tag, a title to this text and label to our lesson. I want to lift up this title. Daddy, you are more than what they say. On an all too familiar night. In unfamiliar waters, coastal waters, a great battleship with its legendary captain pierces the waters of the seas. And under the veil of a thick fog, with all of the modern advances of radar and sonar, nothing can help them. So the captain puts sailors on the bow of the ship to look out into the waters to make sure that they didn't crash into any other ships. And two sailors come across the light of a vessel in the water. And with the vessel, they radio to the tower and the captain radios out to the vessel. And he says, sir, we are in the water and we are a battleship and you need to turn your vessel. And he calmly hears a voice back to him and says, sir, Turn your vessel. A little perturbed now, he says, Sir, we are a bigger ship than you are. And if you want to play chicken with us, we will sink your ship. And the voice calmly turns back and says, Sir, I, I need you to turn your ship, employing him to turn the ship. However, the last time, the captain is now mad. And he says, I am a great battleship and I have knocked bombers out of the air. I have knocked ships off the water. I have even outmaneuvered submarines under the water and before he could stop with his uh, soliloquy uh, the break calm came out again and said, sir I am a lighthouse. And oftentimes we get to the point just like this captain that he thought the privilege of his upbringing and the pride of his position and the pomp and circumstance of his education allowed him to think he was bigger and better than what was out in the water. But you know, like me, that every ship can run aground. And if you run aground, the ship has no power. In the way, in the way too, we sometimes diminish and downplay the role of Joseph in Jesus' life. 
Joseph was a powerful figure in Jesus' life. Joseph was just as powerful as Mary. Even in Christian circles, we lift Mary up. We write songs about Mary. And Mary was highly favored and blessed of God. But Joseph was chosen by God too. I know somebody asked me the question out there in, in Cyberland. Somebody asked the question, well, preacher, where does God choose Joseph? Well, you got to read across the Gospels horizontally and get the picture of Joseph the right way. In Matthew chapter 1, uh, Matthew chapter 1, around verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus was this wise, that when his mother was betrothed to Joseph, she became great with child. And, and Joseph, knowing at the time now, Joseph had been given a vision of God. Joseph was chosen by God just like Mary was because God came to Joseph in a dream. And Joseph, when he realized that he was not the father, Joseph now took his, 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 his dream and God said, Joseph, take Mary to be your wife and then take the child and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save the people from his sins. You can't read the Bible too fast. Thank God for our pastor. He shows us how to look at the Bible. The, the angel of the Lord actually said, Joseph, son of David. In other words, God was telling Joseph, there's already a king on the inside of you. And I've chosen you with the king on the inside of you to raise the king of kings. Joseph was a man of fortified character. Joseph was a man of fortified character because when he had Mary, he decided not to divorce her and put her to shame. Uh, I wish I could tell some fathers out there, stop telling that woman what she is not. Stop calling her outside her name. Learn to give your her glory because God has given you to her. Joseph now. He has a king on the inside of him, and he is to raise a king of kings. God chose Joseph, a carpenter, to show Jesus, the architect of all that is created, how to work in carpentry. God chose Joseph to teach Jesus the law of the Lord, to enlighten the light of the world. God chose Joseph to raise and to prune the, the rose of Sharon. God chose Joseph to heal up the wounds of the bomb in Gilead. God chose Joseph to be the protector of the Savior of the world. He chose a man of fortified character, but Joseph was not only a man of fortified character, Joseph was a man who was faithful in his convictions. Joseph was a man who was faithful in his convictions. Matthew 1 tells us that Mary was great with child, but it is Luke chapter 2 that lets us know about the birth of Jesus. In Luke chapter 2, Jesus is born and we all know the story while shepherds were watching their flocks by night the angel of the lord showed up and the glory of the lord showed round about them and great fear came over them don't you know that story if you watch charlie brown's christmas story you've seen that a million times line that says on this day in the city of david was born unto us a, a savior who is christ the lord 
We know that story well, but we don't keep reading enough in that story because later on, after Jesus was born, Joseph and Mary take Jesus to the temple. I'm trying to help some Josephs out there. Uh, don't just go to church. Go to church to worship the God of the church. Je Joseph was a man of faithful convictions because he took Jesus to church. Uh, let's go back to our text. It is in our text where Jesus enters his hometown and as Jesus' custom, he goes to the synagogue and he teaches in the synagogue and in the synagogue, they are astonished at the teaching of Jesus to the point where they raise a causal question, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works. Well, I come to tell you that I believe Jesus got his wisdom from his daddy, Joseph. Can't you say there's something great in Joseph? God chose Joseph to father his son. Lord, have mercy. God chose a man to father the son of the eternal trinity. Joseph was a man of conviction. In Luke chapter 2, verse 22, they they took him to the temple and then two older elders, one man and one woman tell Joseph and Mary who Jesus is supposed to be and what he is going to do. But then down around verse 40, there's something very peculiar in chapter 2 in Luke around verse 40. It says the child grew and he became strong and he was filled with wisdom. And you got to ask yourself the question, where in the world did he get this wisdom? But three things are happening in that text. Three things I want you to see. There are three verbs in that text. And these verbs are a little different. It says the child grew. Uh, the first verb is an active verb. That means the child grew on his own. And anybody know you've had children, all you got to do is feed them a little bit. All you got to do is allow them to walk and talk a little bit. And they'll grow on their own. But the last two verbs said he became strong and was filled with wisdom. And when that happened, amazing, those two verbs are passive verbs. And what a passive verb means, uh, I don't want to give you an English lesson this morning, but it means that somebody else acted upon Jesus to help him learn how to become strong and get wisdom. And I believe Joseph, if you know Joseph well, he was a man of the law. Come with me all to Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your God, is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord with all your soul, with all your might, and with all your strength. And these words shall be in your heart. I believe Joseph took the words of God in his heart. And can't you see him every morning waking up with his son, saying, son, before we go to work, we got to work on the Lord. He teaches him. He teaches him that thou shall have no other gods before thee. That he teaches them that we ought to not make any graven images of our God who is not seen. That we ought to not take the Lord's name in vain. Come on, somebody. I wish that we are not to take the Lord's name in vain. That 
that we are to honor our father and mother that the days might be long that thou shall not kill thou shall not steal thou shall not bear false witness thou shall not covet thy neighbor's house thy neighbor's wife and thy neighbor's possession is there anybody here that can see Joseph teaching Jesus all the law of God Joseph I believe every morning taught Jesus the word of God. It's amazing that in the Jewish culture, even if you couldn't read, you needed to know God's law. Because in Deuteronomy 6, it says you shall diligently teach them to your children. That when you talk to them, uh, that when you sit, you teach it to your children. That when you walk along the way, you teach it to your children. That when you lie down, you teach it to your children. And when you ride up and then you bind it in their hearts and in their minds. Is there anybody here that knows Joseph had some work because he taught Jesus? Joseph was a man of fortified character. Joseph was a man of faithful convictions. But Joseph was a man, y'all, that forced in Jesus the commitment to finish your call. That... When ministry comes for Jesus, Joseph is nowhere to be seen. Uh, history and, and theologians tell us that Joseph somehow must have died. And he was gone off the scene. And I'm convinced that Joseph showed Jesus that even though I can't be with you long, I know I'm not the father you should be trying to please. But you have another father. And your life is marked by that father. They told me a long time ago to name you. That name didn't come from me. It came from your father. And can't you see now Jesus taking all the lessons of Joseph with him that Jesus, if you go over to John chapter 5, let me show you what Jesus does to honor Joseph. He says that my father is working. And because my father is working, I am working. But not only is he working, Jesus says he gives a privilege to Joseph. He pays tribute by then this way that I can do nothing but what I see the father do. I wish I had some help out there because Jesus with his human eyes never saw God the Father. But he saw the work ethic of Joseph. He saw the faithfulness of Joseph. And he said, I can only do what I see the Father doing. Is there anybody here that can thank God for what the Father did in Jesus' life? But not only that, he ends up by saying this, that my Father has given all authority to me. And Jesus in his life learned how to honor his father. He honored him when he taught on the Judean and Galilean hillsides. He honored him every time he taught his disciples. He honored him every time he touched the life of a man or a woman who needed help. But then we know Jesus' greatest honor was when he was led up Golgotha's hill. And he was to honor him on that cross. And can't you see Jesus on the front side of the cross? 
honoring the Father. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Is there anybody here that can shout that Jesus still had enough sense to honor his Father who is in heaven to forgive you and to forgive me of your sin? But Jesus didn't only do that. He said, we are our heaven, the Father's children, and he knows just how much we can bear while hanging there on that cross. He said, he knows just how much we can bear. Is there anybody here that can thank God for the Father? Because he will take your burdens and he'll control your burdens. That we are our heavenly Father's children. And he knows just how much we can bear. But that if you feel all alone and you can't even feel like you got a way to make it out. Jesus on the backside of the cross. He raised up his hands and say, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And you just like Jesus can say, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If thou would draw thyself from me, oh, whether shall I go? I get to give y'all this. What did thine only son endure? Before I drew my breath, what pain, what labor to secure my soul from endless death? I am a child of the king. I am a child of the king with Jesus my savior. I am a child of the king. Give him praise that the father showed you. Give him praise for your daddy. Give him praise. day. What a wonderful day. Father, what a wonderful day. Family. To get it right with Jesus. What, what a wonderful day. What a wonderful word to draw all of us to the sense of our duty. Before we go any further, I want to make sure that especially every father who had the honor and the blessing of listening to the word today. Uh, if you're breathing, if blood is still running warm in your veins, it's not too late. You can get it together. You can become that father. You can become that man that God has fixed you to be from the beginning of time. Father, mother, sister, brother, children, right now, you have an opportunity to turn it all around. The word of God says, if thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. You're at home right now. You're not in the church building. But the good news is you don't have to be. The good news is that the church of God is wherever the children of God are. 
And right now you have an opportunity. If you're not his child, to become his child. The children of God, wherever you're gathering, that's the house of God right now. So right now, let's invite Jesus in. If you're unsaved, invite him. Just by saying, I believe on you, I believe in you, and I accept you as the Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There are a precious fountain. Wherever you are, you can come right now. the Lord. Why don't we just bless the Lord in his house? Amen, amen, amen. We thank God. I, I, I get a little amazed sometimes. Every once in a while I get stuff right. <laughs> and today I, I got this right. Nobody could make me believe that the Lord did not prepare Jason for this day and didn't give him this message.
for all of us this day. I'm glad I'm here and I'm glad I shared it with everybody. Every, every father ought to feel real good about now. We just thank God for the word of God as I listen the text. <laughs> I was amazed. Uh, the, 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 the inference there in the text was people were looking and listening to the wisdom of Jesus and they they were saying, how in the world can he be like this? How in the world can he know all this? Ain't this that carpenter's son? <laughs> and sometimes when I look at Jason, I, I can feel folk wondering that same thing. <laughs> how in the world can he go that deep? Ain't, ain't he that little country preacher's son <laughs> over there at Salem? How in the world can he have that? And I know that the answer is the same. <laughs> I did my part, but God has his hand on that young man, and I am just so grateful for what he's doing with him now and for what God has in, in store. What a great day. What a great day. Let me just say to you, you at home, as I always do, there are those who made a decision today to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Doesn't matter that you're not in the building. If you accepted him, you're already in his house. You're a part of his family. And all I need you to do this week is I need you to contact the church office. Uh, one of the amazing things that we're learning during all of this, we're learning that the church is still growing in the midst of all of this. So if you've accepted Jesus Christ, if you've heard this message, your heart has been turned, you accepted him, call the office and Give give them your name, and I'll be in contact. New membership will be in contact. Uh, Reverend Garland Brooks will be he'll be following up uh, to pull you in. So we just want during this time we're finding out the real power of the church, and there is so much more than our being able now. Please hear me. I can't wait till we can come back together. But we are learning that there's so much that we can do and accomplish and that we can keep rolling right along even though we are not here in the building. So please call the office if you made a decision. Call, give us your name, want to be a part of this church family. We would love to have you in this church, but as I say all the time, this is not the only church. If you've saved, if you've accepted Jesus Christ, it is your responsibility to find a Bible-based, Bible-believing, Bible-studying church. Now, many of them in the area. Just find you one. Call the pastor. Tell them what it is you have decided today. We're grateful uh, to all who came out on yesterday. Uh, yesterday, Mother Annie B., she turned 104 years old. And she was here with us on yesterday, had a drive-by birthday party. That's a new, another new thing that I'm learning. <laughs> had a drive-by birthday party. And from what I understand, I think maybe a hundred and some, I, I mean, I can't remember how many cars, but a whole lot more than 104. <laughs> People came just to drive through and wave at Sister Annie B. I want to thank everybody for just making Mother Annie B's day. I heard Sister Graham say yesterday, she said, you know what? If you got to grow old, Salem is a wonderful place to do it. <laughs> and I just thank God for everybody who came, showed so much love for Mother Anna B. And Mother Anna B., happy birthday to you. We thank God for you. We are going to prepare ourselves uh, for our 
observance of the Lord's Supper. Before I do that, let me thank you. And I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I thank you for your continual stewardship. It is just amazing. It's amazing. Uh, the people of God are so disciplined that although we are not coming here, although we are not marching around putting it here, it's amazing to me the discipline that we are showing. And I'm not at all surprised. I'm just amazed. And I thank God for those who think it not robbery to continue uh, your stewardship during this time. So I want to thank you for bringing your tithe and your offering and for sending your tithe and offering for for money gift, money gramming, or whatever it is you do, all this stuff. <laughs> for using all those means, I thank you so much for continually sending your tithe and your offering. Let us prepare ourselves. Let me go ahead and thank those who are here. Our music staff, thank you so much. Thank you so much uh, to all who are here. Uh, my daughter, Anita, she sort of oversees stuff and puts stuff together. Our, our sound people upstairs, our audiovisual folk, thank y'all so much. This could not happen with you all, without you all. So we're preparing now for the Lord's Supper. I will tell you, though, I got an added gift this morning. Uh, I invited my son, and my added gift is my daughter in love and my grandboys are here. <laughs> Amen. They're way back there. I can't hardly see them, but they've been here. Amen. Amen. God has all kinds of ways of blessing us, doesn't he? Amen. Amen. Let's prepare ourselves for our observance of the Lord's Supper. Let us pray. God, we thank you now for just another opportunity to stand in remembrance of all that you have done for us. Thank you, dear God, in a world that we're living in, in the midst of chaos, midst of tragedy in the midst of all that's going on around us we remember in a world dear God that seems set on dismembering you we come to remember in a world that seems like it's set on tearing you apart we come to put you back together we remember we remember your goodness. We remember your mercy toward us. We remember your love toward us, a love that is so great 
you're willing to give your life that we might have eternal life. Father, we remember. And we thank you, dear God, for yet another opportunity to come to this table. Thank you, dear God, for yet another opportunity just to remember. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The blood that Jesus shed for me way back on camera. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never, never lose its power. Lift your voices.
which he took the cup says this is the new testament the new covenant in my blood take and drink ye all of it as often as you do this you do show the Lord's death until he comes we're on our way out this is fellowship time this is another one of those areas that the church is going to have to study. <laughs> it's amazing how things change. But fellowship is so much more than shaking hands and hugging. <laughs> fellowship has to do with what's in our hearts. It has to do with the connection in our spirits. A tie that binds us together so close that even when we can't see each other, we know, we know that we are connected. We're going to close with blessed be the tie. But before we do that, there's one more little thing that's been on my heart all week. Got to get it out. If I don't get it out, I'll be singing another week. I've got a feeling everything's going to be all. This is a message for Salem and friends. I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Oh, I got a feeling everything's gonna be alright, be alright, be alright, be alright. Oh, the Holy Ghost done showed me everything's gonna be alright. The Holy Ghost done showed me everything gonna be all oh, the Holy Ghost, yeah. Everything gonna be alright, be alright, be alright, be alright. Oh, Jesus. Done told me everything gonna be alright. Oh, Jesus done told me, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus done Oh, 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 oh,
gotta create everything to be Fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m.
It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.